Hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of the Ethos Lakers podcast. I'm your host for this edition, JC DeLeon. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at JCDeLeon1. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Ethos Lakers. Uh, Ethan is off for this one. We'll be together for the next time we record, which will hopefully be Wednesday or Thursday of this week. But, guys, it is time for us to embrace the inevitable. It feels as though, as fans, as analysts, whether you're a Lakers fan or a Lakers hater, the reality of this situation never really seemed... Like it was a possibility. The idea that as poorly a constructed roster as this is, despite the removing of the veil that is how terrible Russell Westbrook is for winning, not saying he's a bad player, but he's not a winning player. And I think that's the one thing that people kind of overlooked when it came to how they were going to analyze and predict how his addition to the Lakers team was going to go. He's a good player. He's not a winner. Kevin Durant saw this, and Kevin Durant was ridiculed for this. And, you know, maybe he shouldn't have gone to Golden State to get away from Russell Westbrook, but he saw... What a lot of people saw. But that's besides the point. With the loss to the Dallas Mavericks tonight, the Los Angeles Lakers have fallen to the 11th spot out of the play-in. It looked as though the New Orleans Pelicans weren't even going to fight to get into the play-in. And they've played really well in the second half of the season. The San Antonio Spurs are never really ever going to be out of it. And they've thought to put themselves back into that 10 spot. And the Lakers sit at 11. The Lakers sit at 11 and they don't have the tiebreaker to either San Antonio or New Orleans. So, as bad as it is, it's even worse than that. Not to mention the fact that, as we've covered... If the Lakers miss the playoffs entirely, they don't have a draft pick. Their draft pick goes to New Orleans if it's in the top 10, which it seems as though it might be. I've already looked at uh, NBA mock drafts that have the 10th pick going to the Pelicans. And the rich are just going to get richer. Which is kind of silly, I guess, to think about calling the New Orleans Pelicans and the nine seed, the rich, but they did that without Zion Williamson at all this season. And I have a feeling because of the success that they've had without him this season, they're going to try to trade him because he's not happy in New Orleans. They seem to have won despite him not being there. They're going to have the Lakers pick if the Lakers miss the playoffs. Yeah, why not trade him? But where does that put the Lakers? Well, 
I mean, they're going to have to blow things up this offseason. And, you know, there, there's still seven games. The Lakers aren't mathematically eliminated. There's still the possibility that they could make a run. Anthony Davis is expected back later this week. They do have a game later on Thursday in which LeBron is expected to miss at Utah. But man, it's been really hard to talk about this team this season. Not because they're losing. I feel as though even if they were a losing team, there might be, you know, one or two or maybe a few interesting angles to gleam off of the product that they've been putting out on the court. But the thing is, and tonight was the epitome of it. Even without LeBron James, even without Anthony Davis, his Lakers just didn't put up a fight at all. And that's been the problem all season, even when LeBron's been on the court. And it made me have a revelation tonight. No matter what the Lakers were going to do, because it seemed as though the plan before Russell Westbrook was going to be the trading of Kyle Kuzma, KCP, and Trez to Sacramento for Buddy Heald. Well, Buddy Heald doesn't get assists and rebounds the way Russell Westbrook does. He shoots threes better, yeah. I don't know if Buddy Heald would have really contributed to this team winning. And the revelation I had was this team was going to be bad regardless. No matter what they did. And that's a hard truth to, to accept. As you're watching this team play out. As you're watching them give a lack of physical effort again. It's to the point it's like if they don't give a shit. Why should I give a shit? What do I even talk about? Every time the Lakers have played this way, there's been this gif that I've posted on Twitter from a scene from a movie called Saving Silverman in which Arlie Ermey uh, says to Jack Black and Steve Zahn, There's no fight left in you boys! You're natless! And that's how I felt so many times about the team this season. I wish there was somebody on this bench who would just challenge the effort of this team but as the season has gone on, that person just hasn't been there. It seemed as though Anthony Davis has tried. I think there's a thing about, you know, leaders. And, you know, leaders are born. They're not really made. Which is a weird cliche. But, yeah, I think there's a quality to the type of people who are leaders that people automatically subscribe to or follow it's one of those things that I think you either have it or you don't like I I was an athlete but I know that I wasn't one of these types of athletes who could be looked at as a kind of a vocal leader gather the troops kind of thing that's not what I do I know my limitation in that area and that might just be what Anthony Davis is but if he's 
forcing it, the forcing of it becomes obvious. And players don't respect that. Same with Russell Westbrook. I think players do around the league generally respect Russell Westbrook, but then he does things like tonight, there was a moment in which Frank Vogel is talking in a timeout. And Russell Westbrook kind of steps inside, steps in front of him and takes over the timeout to the point where Frank Vogel even kind of looks at him like, what are you doing? And I don't know what it is that Russell Westbrook said, but I do know that when play resumed, within two seconds, the first thing that Russell Westbrook did was turn the ball over. And that's the kind of leadership the Lakers is working with. A coach who can let himself be pushed aside by a leader who's not going to lead by example. This thing was doomed from the start. By getting rid of Kyle Kuzma, who was an enthusiastic member of the Lakers, he wanted to be here, wanted to learn. I still don't know what happened with Montrez Harrell. I feel like that was going to work. I feel like it was working. But I'm not in that locker room, so I don't know exactly what happened there. And KCP was about as solid as they come. And he had a really good season last year. Really good sh- really good shooting season last year. To go through all that, just to give up... You know, to give up two solid pieces of your championship team... Not to mention the letting go of Alex Caruso, who I think was the heart of the defense, and I think the heart of that second unit. This thing was doomed from the start. You know, early on I said I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna harp on the fact that this roster could have, in theory, in theory, had. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Buddy Heald, DeMar DeRozan. You could have held on to Alex Caruso. You had Austin Reeves in your pocket. He's ended up becoming a nice gem. You could have still maybe gone after Malik Monk because you got him on the minimum. I feel like Carmelo Anthony was going to be here regardless. And, and, and then you don't have players like DeAndre Jordan or Kent Bazemore. For Trevor Ariza, just taking up space. As far as what the Lakers can do this offseason, it just seems like the messiest of situations possible. Russell Westbrook is going to opt into the final year of his contract. I don't see any reason he wouldn't. It's over $45 million. Of course he's going to opt into that season. And because it's the final year of a contract, it makes him easier to get bought out. Whether the Lakers buy him out or he gets traded to someone to clear the cap space and then he gets bought out, whatever. Seems as though his time with the Lakers is done, which is unfortunate because he seemed happy here, but it just... It was about as bad and on-court marriage as anyone's ever seen. I mean, this season has been so bad, people have forgotten that Kobe Bryant's final year, the team went 17-65. and 65. Didn't even sniff the playoffs. And, I mean, the thing that bugs me personally the most about this is the way people are going to react to it is it's bad. 
yes. But I've been honest with you guys from the start, since I started co-hosting with Ethan on Ethos Lakers and that. I love basketball. I love the NBA. It's been hard for me to have one loyalty to one team, even though the team closest to me is San Antonio. Um, players move around so often. It's easier for me to root for players than it is entire teams, but LeBron has been my favorite player since he's been in the league. And I know it's not my job to defend his legacy. It's probably silly to think of that as a thing that I do from time to time. But missing the playoffs this year, it's not going to ruin his legacy for me. He came to the Lakers. He's given them four years. He won them one championship. This season and the season before... The team faced a lot of injuries. You look at a lot of teams. And you say one player is going to come here and make the difference. Between you winning zero championships and you winning one championship in four years. I feel like the majority of teams would take that one guaranteed championship. Especially given the fact that when LeBron came to LA. Nobody thought he'd win one. Thought he came here just to retire into the sunset. But here's one thing I do feel pretty strongly about. In some of the things that I've heard, the Lake, what the Lakers should do, and one of them be trade LeBron. Well, next season, it seems as though next season, he's going to pass Kareem and become the number one all-time scorer. If not next season, the season very early in the season after. And that's going to be such a big historical moment. I I don't subscribe to any NBA conspiracy theories. In fact, I hate NBA conspiracy theories. The fact that they exist, the fact that that is what makes the league interesting to so many people, irritates the hell out of me. I will subscribe to one NBA conspiracy theory in that when LeBron James becomes the number one scorer of all time, he will likely do it in a Lakers jersey. One, because I think the Lakers want it that way. They want to be able to say and put up a graphic of LeBron James, Kareem, Karl Malone, Kobe Bryant. Top four NBA scorers of all time in Laker jerseys. You can even you can even then expand it. I believe Wilt Chamberlain's number seven. I believe Carmelo Anthony's number nine. I believe Shaquille O'Neal is number ten. Seven of the top ten all-time NBA scorers were Lakers at one point, or the only other team that it makes sense for LeBron to break the NBA all-time scoring record with is Cleveland. And I think that'd be a nice story. I think that'd be a nice way for that record to happen. As if he did it in Cleveland with a Cleveland jersey. But I also do hope that LeBron stays with the Lakers. As far as some of the things that they could do, again, I have no idea. But one thing I hope is that 
LeBron can kind of embrace the idea of some of these younger players. You know, look at Cleveland and Darius Garland. Darius Garland could have easily been a Los Angeles Lakers Laker. If they would have waited on Anthony Davis's contract to end before giving up that number four draft pick to get him, that number four draft pick ended up being Darius Garland. And he ended up being really good. The best free agent option out there this summer is going to be Zach Levine, and it does seem like it is possible. He's another UCLA guy like Russell Westbrook is, and I'm sure the Lakers are a desired destination for him at some point. DeAndre Ayton is in a weird situation with the Phoenix Suns in that they didn't give him a contract extension the way they thought he was going to at the beginning of this season. Jalen Brunson, Laker killer. Dude is averaging over 20 points a game versus the Lakers this season. He's only 25 years old. Had a really great season this season. Colin Sexton is coming off of a an ACL injury. Or a torn meniscus, I'm sorry. But and the, and the Cavaliers have done pretty well without him this season. And he may be a nice trade piece. Another piece that I like, that I've always wanted to see, and I do think I have some justification in believing that this can work. Because DJ Augustine is a player that I've always wanted to see play alongside LeBron James. And even though them together on the court you haven't seen much of an impact as a player dj augustine has played really well and a player that i think is really similar and even though he's been a disaster in some other places i don't think he's going to be asked to do as much and because of that i think he could really succeed alongside lebron james is kimba walker i feel like a lot of people aren't really going to think that'll work but it's not going to be as bad as what this season turned out to be. I like Kemba Walker a lot. And then of course Malik Monk. You've got to bring you've got to do whatever you can to bring Malik Monk back. Which is why I think it's important that Russell Westbrook can't come back because he can't continue to be this albatross of a, of a cap hold. And I mean that that list of free agents that's just immediately off the top of my head of me literally googling who's going to be free agents this summer i haven't put a ton of thought into it yet i don't think it's quite time to really delve into some really hard in-depth free agent uh, speculation that's just kind of very quickly like oh this guy would be nice this guy would be nice kind of thinking to get you through a uh, wednesday afternoon at the workplace and uh, with that we're going to go ahead and shut this episode down once again i'm your host JC DeLeon. You can find me on Twitter at JC DeLeon1. You can follow the show on Twitter at Ethos Lakers. You can follow Ethan on Twitter at Ethan underscore Noroff. And you know what? Before I go, I did want to tell you guys, I almost forgot, wanted to tell you guys that you can still save 20% with the coupon code HoopBall20 at Manscaped.com. You also get free shipping with that code. You can also use the code HoopBall and our pals at MyBookie.ag. Playoff time is coming. Lots of heavy betting is where you want to go. And if you're going to be using MyBookie.ag, use code HoopBall there. And don't forget our pals, Thrive Fantasy. That's Thrive Fantasy. 
Use code ETHOS when you sign up. You can get a 100% deposit match on your first deposit up to 100 bucks, plus either two or four free game tickets to play. So, mybookie.ag, Thrive Fantasy, Manscaped. Do all of that, all of those things get you taken care of this playoff season. And until next time, we are out. <laughs>